Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. I'm fired up for NFL Wild Card Weekend. I guess they're calling it Super, Super Wild, Card, Wild Weekend. Card Weekend. With two games Saturday, three on Sunday, and then concludes with Monday Night Football. I was just talking to some NFL on our sister station, Mix 98.1. Uh, so that was kind of fun, popping nice. into Kat, Kat Simon's show there. And so uh, it's always cool to, you know, be on multiple radio stations here at Odyssey Richmond. And, uh, of course, they play some great music, and we do some good sports talk here on The Fan. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talk a little Packers, it is Mike Spofford. What's going on, Mike? Not too much. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good here. Let's recap this season as a whole um, for the Packers. Going into the season, what were the expectations? Was it to make it into the postseason? I don't know if anybody really had expectations at all other than the expectation that a really young offense with a first-year starting quarterback and a bunch of young guys at wide receiver and tight end and some on the offensive line, as it turned out, was you know, going to grow and develop together and was going to look like a much better team at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season. And that is exactly how it played out on the offensive side of the ball. It just so happened, I think, that it worked out with that seventh playoff spot and some other, you know, things that happened that knocked some other teams down a peg that the Packers were able to uh, were able to secure that that seventh seed and they get a chance to continue their season. Yeah, and, and it's a great point. I mean, it's all about how you're playing towards, you know, December and January, the end of the season, uh, and this is a Packers team that went on a three-game win streak, lost two, and then won three more, so uh, six wins in their last eight games. But let's go back to that four-game losing streak to the Lions, Raiders, Broncos, and Vikings. Uh, what went wrong in those four games there in that stretch of the season? Well, mostly, I would say other than, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start with this. Mostly it was it was the offense, just not being able to get anything going. I mean, it wasn't even just a matter of not being able to score any points early in games. The the first half scoring numbers were were way down. But it was even a struggle just to get a first down, just to be able to move the chains, to even be able to put two first downs together in a row. I mean, the offense was really, really going through a rough patch. And um, despite that, um, the defense played well enough in the games against the Raiders and the Broncos to uh, to give the Packers a chance to win both of those games on the road. Um, but then the offense still failed. At when the offense got going in the second half, got them back into the game. But then on the final drive, you know, when you have when you have the chance for those final points, the offense failed and they came up short. the The Lions games and the the Lions game and the Vikings game in that losing streak, um, the defense also didn't play well at all. Um, Kirk Cousins just uh, completely carved up Green Bay's defense with uh, with a number of third and long conversions in the game against Minnesota. And um, Detroit, quite honestly, played one of its best games of the year, that Thursday night game in week four at Lambeau Field. They were... Uh, they definitely sent a message that night that uh, that they would be the team to beat in the NFC North, and and that turned out to be true as they won the division title. So mostly it was the offense, but there were some pretty big defensive breakdowns in that losing streak as well. We're joined by Mike Spofford right now. He is the editor for Packers.com. Follow him on social media at Mike Spofford as the Pack travel to AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas, to take on 
the 12 and 5 Dallas Cowboys and look I'll be rooting for you for the pack I, I I want them to win this game Cowboys though are 8-0 at home the spread right now is Dallas minus 7 over under at 50 and a half and look I, I want to claim that this Dallas team is overrated and the Dak Prescott's not that good but man uh, the statistics are in Dak's favor it's here favor here uh, 4500 yards passing 36 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, that's where he's really improved this season. The touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, it was one of those things where last year he was turning the ball over so much and he couldn't complete the short passes out of the backfield to the running back. And, uh, I do think that they thought they were going to get more from Tony Pollard this year as the lead back, but it's not like he had a bad season, still got over a 1,000 yards rushing, and CeeDee Lamb definitely stepped up as wide receiver one for Dallas this season. Um, It felt like last year they were missing Amari Cooper. This year, uh, CeeDee Lamb stepped in 135 receptions for 1,749 yards. And uh, the thing that's crazy to me, Mike, is this Cowboys team is good, but they look so much faster when they're at home at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, they they are they are a team that that has looked incredibly explosive offensively at home. You look at the the numbers that they've put up and I think their home winning streak is now up to 16 games. I think it was week 1 of last season was the last time they lost at AT&T Stadium. You look at the way their schedule played out. I mean, they the uh they definitely had more of their uh tougher games this season on the road. So I think that that factored into the, you know, the home road split as well. But uh, but man, they they put up a lot of points. Their their formula at home seems to be to to score early and often, jump on top of teams, and then uh, and then just ride that fast start to uh, to a victory. And uh, you know, the Packers have to be ready to handle that uh, potential onslaught early in the game because that's been their formula in, in, at home. Yeah, it feels like the Packers' best chance to win might be winning this game in a shootout. Every week on my show, we've been evaluating our young quarterback in Sam Howell. What is your evaluation of Jordan Love this season? I mean, he's he's done he's done everything the Packers could have could have asked for in terms of his development. You know, where he's gotten to just in one year. I I think honestly, he's even exceeded uh, those expectations. I mean, to finish his first year as a starter with back to back NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors. You know, to beat uh, you know two division rivals back to back, one on the road, one at home, to uh, to get that last playoff spot. I mean, for him to already have won you know, multiple do or die games here for the, for the season and, uh, and to give the Packers this chance, they couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, he's, he's only thrown, I believe one interception in, uh, in his last eight games. Um, you know, his, his passer rating, you know, has risen all the way up into the mid nineties, which is a far cry from where it was halfway through the season. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's really, developed very quickly into uh, into a franchise quarterback, and uh, he's going to be in Green Bay for a long time to come. Mike Spofford with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, covering the Packers for Packers.com. Mike, what is the atmosphere like here uh, in Wisconsin right now this week? I mean, is there belief in the locker room and in the fan base that the Packers can go to Dallas and get a playoff win? Oh, there, there absolutely is. I mean, the, the uh, um, this this fan base has seen whether it's whether it's Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, or 
you know, now it's Jordan Love. This fan base has seen uh, the Green Bay Packers go on the road and, and win playoff games when um, when nobody's given them a chance. And and my feeling from the locker room is, uh, you know, the, it's you know, it's kind of a bunch of young guys that in some ways don't really know any better. You know, it's it's like they're they're not they're not listening to what anybody outside is saying about them. They're like, hey, you know, we've we've improved a lot. We still don't think we've maybe hit you know the peak uh, as far as this season goes. They still think they've. Um, you know, still got some uh, some better football in front of them, so they're going to take their shot. I mean, they're not, the, you know, they're they're they don't have the blinders on in terms. Of, I mean, they, they they understand the Dallas Cowboys are a better team than anybody the Packers have faced. You know, in their last what it would be, I guess, five six games. I mean, since Kansas City came to Lambeau Field for that. Sunday night game that the Packers got to win. They haven't faced anybody that good mm-hmm. for a long time, so they know what they're up against. But uh, but is there is there belief they can go on the road and win a game like this? Absolutely. It'll be four thirty p.m. Sunday on Fox NFC Wild Card Playoffs. Green Bay at the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting coaching matchup. Lafleur for the Packers against former Packers coach Mike McCarthy. Now with the Dallas Cowboys, what would you point to as a weakness? In Mike McCarthy as a head coach, <laughs> boy, I that's a uh, um, that's kind of that's kind of a tough one. I guess I guess the the one thing that I, the one thing that I always saw here was more often than not in the Aaron Rodgers era, um, the pa- the Packers defense had you know didn't show up all that well in the postseason, and um, I think that's something that the Cowboys. For all the attention on Dak Prescott, his tremendous season, and C.D. Lamb, and what these guys are doing offensively with the number one offense in the league, Mike McCarthy's playoff teams have have uh, you know over the course of his time with the Packers got knocked out more often because of bad defense than uh, than bad offense. You know, an off day in in that respect. So. Um, that's something that uh, you know that the the, the Packers are going to look to uh, try to keep their own role on offense going, put the Cowboys' defense in some tough spots, and uh, and you know give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter and see what happens. Mike, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Before we let you go, we like to keep it simple here uh, when we're discussing a big sporting event. What's it going to take for the Packers to get a win? Give us the keys to victory. Um, I would say I would, as I said before, you have to, you have to handle the early onslaught, um, from the Cowboys because I think they're going to come out firing on offense. And, uh, um, I think for the Packers, it comes down to, um, finishing drive, finishing drives in the red zone, mm-hmm. um, maybe getting a stop or two of the Cowboys in the red zone. I feel like both of these offenses are going to move the ball. Um, both these offenses are going to score. It's who can maybe you know, force a field goal here or there and keep a team out of the end zone. And then if the Packers can get one turnover defensively, um, you know, win, uh, win the turnover margin, even just by plus one, I think, uh, I think that could be, uh, that could be the difference in the game and getting the Packers this win. I really hope the Packers can knock out the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me on. Yep, that's Mike Spofford, editor for Packers.com. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's been a ton of news coming out in the past 24 hours 
in the NFL. You have the Bears, Vikings, Jags, and Panthers that will call Europe home for one game in 2024. I'm glad the Commanders weren't on that list. We're not a good enough team where we can avoid afford to have a home game in Germany. No, we need them at FedEx Field, and we're probably going to have more opposing team fans than our own fans there and probably going to lose, but we can't be playing in Europe. (laughs) One less game at FedEx Field wouldn't be the end of the world, though. You're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. And then also Bill Belichick uh, and the Patriots agreed to mutually part ways, and Pete Carroll out as the Seattle Seahawks head coach. Now, the Carroll thing is interesting because there was a – Press conference last night, after 14 seasons, Pete Carroll will no longer be the head coach in Seattle, and it was an emotional farewell. He agreed to mutually um, set a new course. Set a new course. So he wasn't fired. He will not be taking another head coaching job in the NFL this season. It appears that they're going to keep him in Seattle as an advisor, in an advisory role, but not to find his replacement and not to help out the GM. He's like a personality hire. Right. <laughs> like he's there because they like him. He's, he's going like, to be there. Is he a he's mascot? Gonna, yeah, I mean, it's he's going to be on situation. the sidelines yelling and cheering. Yeah. And maybe I, that's all he does. I think maybe they'll figure it out after the season ends. Yeah. Uh, you know, Give when the dust time. settles. But um, in his statement, Carol said, we're going to figure that out of the advisory role. We don't really know right now, but I'm grateful for the intention that the organization has to try to find something that makes sense. So we'll see. I don't know. The Seattle Seahawks are expected to be interested in several hot coordinators, including Dan Quinn, to take over as the Seahawks' next head coach. Uh, But they want to make it clear, Pete is the winningest coach in Seattle history. He brought the city its first Super Bowl and created a tremendous impact over 14 seasons. Allen said his expertise in leadership and building a championship culture will continue as an integral part of our organization moving forward. To me, that kind of sounds like a a president's role, right? Or maybe an assistant GM role. Uh, I think he's going to have a voice in that building. Yeah, it really seems like his position is guy who is here. Yeah. (laughs) Right. His job is Pete Carroll. Yeah. He's the... Sports director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, Doesn't seem like a bad gig. Yeah. You know, like no pressure on you, but you still get to hang out with your team. You know, why not? Yeah. Uh, he did an interview earlier this season where he said, quote, I plan to be coaching this team. I told you that I love these guys, and that's what I would like to be doing and see how far I can go. I'm not worn out. I'm not tired. I'm not any of that stuff. I need to do a better job, and I need to help my coaches more, and we need to do a better job of coaching. There's a lot of area for improvement. I mean, this is a Seattle team that got off to a 5-2 and two start and then completely crapped the bed. I mean, Ended up in a situation where they needed to beat the Eagles to put themselves into an opportunity. They got that big win and then fell off again. You know, it's just yeah. it's been an up-and-down roller coaster. And I, I would say that's Geno Smith, not Pete Carroll, but... Maybe. But the Seahawks also lost 37-3 to the Baltimore Ravens. That was their second-worst defeat under Pete Carroll. It came this season. So it did kind of seem like there were some there were some cracks this yes, season. Yes, there were right? some cracks. Uh, but I, I think Seattle fans and Patriots fans would say the same thing. They still want their guy in charge, right? I think they both teams would blame, blame the players more than the coaching staff. Um, but, man, it really will be interesting because the reports are here that basically behind closed doors, Pete Carroll almost begged to keep his job 
and the conversation turned to, well, we definitely want you in the building, but we want somebody else being the head coach. Yeah, his press conference, I played the audio at the start of the show, he's getting choked up there. Oh, yeah. For some of the, the like, he, this clearly means a lot to him, and he, it's I mean, sad. It, it is, because, man, 14 seasons, 10 playoff appearances, two Super Bowl appearances. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good record. Yes. That's a guy that, and, and it sucks that I guess no one else is getting him. He right, right, right. He wants to stay in Seattle, so he, yeah. he's just kind of done. Yeah. Um, so there are, of course, six playoff games this weekend. Steelers uh, get some help and a boost to the defensive side of the ball. No T.J. Watt, but Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety, set to return for the Bills game. Uh, that, that's interesting for the Steelers' defense. I think it would be more beneficial for them if it was like a big-name wide receiver coming back because yeah. they're desperate for offensive help. But Minka Fitzpatrick, one of my favorite safeties in the NFL. Um, so let's go through these games once more. I mean, once more. Have you changed your opinion at all on the Browns Texans games? There, I'm I'm still going with age over beauty. That's a same. Yeah. I think same. I, I think that there is a world where C.J. Stroud gets like an early touchdown and they get some momentum. Yeah. Start off seven zero and keep it going. If that doesn't happen, I don't see them taking that game. Saturday night, eight p.m. How much of a discussion on social media is going to be? Where can I watch this game? <laughs> I, I know. I, like, I don't even know where I'm going to watch this game. Right. Now, I, I, I have Peacock. Now, I did check. I actually don't have the largest Peacock. I have, <laughs> all right, they offer tiers it's a, it's of subscriptions. It's above average. It's, it's above average, but it's not the premium Peacock. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I don't have the premium Peacock. <laughs> I thought I did. I was walking around right. swinging my Peacock account, uh, but it's it's a medium. It's, uh, it's a schmedium sh- schmeacock. It's, it's you a know, shme- I have, okay. Well, yeah. So... I don't, uh, so that means I will have to watch commercials. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Well, at least it'll be different than the Amazon Prime slate. Yeah. You know, yeah. some new commercials for but you. But that will be the best game of the weekend, I really believe. Uh, then we go over to Sunday, 1 p.m., Steelers, Bills. Um, I'd love the Steelers to keep it close. I'm with you there. Right? I'm, I'm locking Not in win. Steelers plus 10. But, yeah. But Bills win that game. Packers, Cowboys, I mean... He did just convince me the Packers are going to keep it close there. Oh, and yeah. I love the keys to victory. I think that makes perfect sense. If the Packers can pick off Dak Prescott once, or if they can cause CeeDee Lamb or Tony Pollard to fumble, get the ball in plus territory, convert with a touchdown, you know, his, his keys to victory were basically, number one, win the turnover margin. Number two, convert touchdowns when you get to the red zone. And number three, don't let the Cowboys go up 10 nothing to start the game. Yes. If uh, all yeah. those three things happen... I think we're talking about a game in the fourth quarter that's one possession. I agree. And it's not like the Cowboys have never been upset in the playoffs before. Right. right. So. It's kind of what they're known for. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, this this is a good team to, to do that to. Yeah. Them. And if anybody, if any organization knows about head coach Mike McCarthy's weaknesses, it is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, Rams, Lions, Sunday night, NBC. Is this your game? This of the is week? my game of the weekend. I'm, I'm really why. excited about these two teams. These okay. are the most exciting offensive teams for me yeah. in that division, and I think it's going to be a fun shootout. And I and I, I said this to you earlier. I don't know if I said it on air. I think whichever team wins this game takes the NFC. You did say that. It is the highest over-under total of all the playoff games at 51.5, so uh, they're expecting like 27-24 yeah. or something like that. Uh, I'm interested to see if the Lions get off to a good start. There's been times this season where Jared Goff has had two first-half interceptions, and then they battle back. Right, That happened yes. several times this season. 
I don't think they battle back and win if you give if you give the Rams a ten point advantage here. I think the no. Lions need to play with a lead more than the Rams do this game. Yeah, I think this could be a, a a score for score kind of game. Yeah, going back pretty much no stops. I could really see that happening. That's fun. Who do you think has more yards for this game? Amon Ra, St. Brown, or Puka Nakua? Puka Nakua. Really? Well, did or did he get he get injured or no? That was, I don't think so. What was that? I think Puka's going to be good to go, and and, okay. and Cooper Cup, I uh, believe, is healthy as well. Okay. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Then. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm that. But I'm give still me Puka. Picking, give, give me the Rams. Puka. Give me the Rams to win that game. Uh, Eagles, Bucks. I just feel like I look at this game and I think <laughs> the Eagles are going to win by a lot, man. I mean, but think how many can you times, make your case for the Bucks? Think how many times you have thought that in the last six weeks. You've looked at the Eagles right. against who they're playing, go. Oh, the Eagles got this one. Right, but there's And even this... their one win against the Giants, there was like a, a catch in the end zone away from them losing that game. No, you're certainly right about that. There's just one thing about this Eagles team under Nick Sirianni, and that is they win the games that matter. They win the games that matter most. I mean, uh, last year, the division around the playoffs, they played the New York Giants. They won 38-7. to Next week, the San Francisco 49ers. One of the best teams in football. I get it. They didn't have their quarterback. They won 31 to 7. And then losing 38-35 in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to put up 30 points. That's my goal. My my case here for why the Eagles I think win easily is yes, they've had issues this season. There's certainly been distractions with Jalen Hurts not being fully healthy, you know, AJ Brown getting into it with the coach, the defense stinking it up at, at times this year. I think when it matters most, the offense will put up 30 points and I don't think the Bucks can score 30. Well, you could say it mattered most for the the second seed. They didn't win those games. Eh, does you're it's already not as in the important playoffs. as the You're play- already in. Yeah, you're already in. I don't know. That's this, what I would this point finger to. injury from Hertz, the way they've been playing, I could really see the Buccaneers swing this. I think Jalen Hurts could win this game with eight fingers. <laughs> all right, because I'm not a believer <laughs> in Shaker, Maker, Baker Mayfield. All right. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 the fan. Now at 1051 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. She's 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 she might be Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804. 8040910. You can always tweet us throughout the show at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. And we are live and local here in Richmond, Virginia from 12 to 3 p.m. and always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. It gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, and pick up right where you left off. And on the Odyssey app, you can hear the entire lineup on 910 The Fan with the junkies in the morning, MP on the mic. Before I get on air. And then Grant and Danny from 3 to 6. And all the shows over the next few months will be discussing the Washington Commanders hunt for the next head of football operations, the next head coach, and the head honcho that will be the quarterback next season. QB1 for the Commanders. We'll break it down right now here on the Commanders Corner. So from all reports... The 49ers assistant GM, Adam Peters, is a finalist for the commander's GM job. That's big news right there. Yeah. Feels to me like the commanders are doing everything right. Right? I've 
I've already called it the Jedi Council. You've got Mitchell Rails, you've got Blitzer, Harris, Bob Myers, Spielman, oh yeah, Magic Johnson hosting candidates at their million dollar mansion in Miami. Miami mansion. Right? And they put together this awesome group here to come together to find balance in the force and make Washington football right. great again. And how do they do that? Well, they've got to hit this hire, right? If they miss out on this hire, we have to start this whole cycle again, and it will be five to ten years before the Commanders are a good football team. They've got to hit this hire, all right? That's why he's taking it so seriously, speaking of Josh Harris, the owner, putting together this all-star group that includes guys from different sports, right? With Bob Myers being mostly an NBA guy, but it's all about relationships. It's all about getting, knocking doors down and getting interviews that other teams weren't going to get. And to me, it feels like Washington will end up hiring the most impressive candidate. That is the best news that you yeah, can have. They could not be doing better. And, you know, the only thing that could go wrong is if someone that should be good does bad. Yeah. And that would suck. <laughs> but we did everything we could. Absolutely. And everything that I've heard right now is that Washington did the first round of interviews, and now they will do a second round of interviews with the finalists. Adam Peters told other teams no. He was not interested. The fact that he took the interview with Washington says a lot. Yeah. And the fact that they're still communicating and setting up possibly a second interview tells me he fe it feels like he's going to get this job. Yeah. And that's the guy that picked McCaffrey. Yeah. McCaffrey joined when he was up there. Yes. He got that that's, trade. <laughs> we want that. You like, need, we, well, <laughs> that's the thing. Is, that was a franchise-changing trade. Yeah. The Panthers have gone nowhere since trading Chris McCaffrey. The 49ers have become a legit Super Bowl contender, and they might have been in the Super Bowl last year if their quarterback did not go down with an injury. Now, what's interesting is rumors are already flying around about Bill Belichick. He's being linked to several NFL teams with reports from Diana Rossini and Dan Graziano of ESPN. Bill Belichick, from all reports, still wants to continue coaching and is expected to draw interest from at least seven NFL teams. The few that I've seen reported are the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Commanders. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do we want him? I personally will take the goat. I will I will absolutely take the goat. Um, I, I find it interesting, though, that Bill Belichick would come to Washington. If he came to Washington, I almost guarantee he would ask for the GM role as well. Yeah. And that's – I don't think Josh Harris is going to do that. Now, he did say in the press conference, I'm going to listen to the talent. If the talent wants more role, then – and that's what my council believes, then that's what I'll provide them with. It seems like Josh Harris is open and willing to let this be one role or two roles, depending on the guy that is chosen. But but Belichick is not a great GM, is the is what I hear. That's I mean, that's the word on the street. Um It's tough because Yeah, the the Patriots haven't been good enough. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback position. Yeah. If hey, if we get Caleb Williams, yeah, plus Bill, yeah, I would. That seems like something that could work out for us. Absolutely. I just wonder, you know, 
I don't know where Bill's going to go. I kind of think he's going to stay in the AFC. That's kind of my thinking right now. I, I don't I, you know. I don't even know where I'm getting that from. I, I just kind of feel like he wants to probably go up against New England. Right? Yeah, get you get know, some revenge. Get some get some revenge there. Even though he's got a good relationship with Robert Kraft. I mean, he's only 14 wins away from tying John Shula for most in league history. 15 to become the most winning play. Uh, you know, NFL coach in the history of the league. That's his goal to get 15 wins. Yes, I think he might retire after 15 wins. Is that a season where he goes, you know, ten and seven, and then another year where he goes, you know, five and twelve, or is that a couple eight nine years? Oh, is that a fifteen and two year? Right, we don't know, but I do think he's got at least one really successful year as a head coach left, at least yeah. one. But um, it, I guess then it's do we want him because we're gonna have to replace him pretty right, fast. Right, that's another that's another part of this conversation. Right, uh, that's why Grant Polson has been. All in on drafting an offensive-minded head coach because if you get a defensive-minded head coach, it really does rely on you having that guy hire a smart offensive coordinator, right? And then if your offense does well, that offense coordinator is going to be taking jobs. I mean, Detroit's the biggest example of that. (laughs) Everyone wants Ben Johnson. Everyone now wants Ben Johnson, and there's been some talk that, oh, yeah, they've got this QB guru uh, that's the quarterback's coach that's in place to take over the offensive coordinator duties and play calling next year um, when Ben Johnson leaves. But I don't know that that guy's that good, right? Because Who knows? No right? one knows. Nobody knows because what happens is when you get into these cycles here and, and you bring in a whole new coaching staff, you're bringing a guy in for a certain role, not what he can develop to become, right? So like when, the, when Dan Campbell put together his team here, brought in Aaron Glenn to be the D.C., he might get a head coaching opportunity. Brought in Ben Johnson to be the OC and a few other guys to be behind them, right? Quarterback coach, running back coach, wide receivers coach, all of that stuff. He never picked a quarterback's coach thinking, oh, yeah, Ben Johnson could be gone, but the quarterback's coach that I chose, I see him yeah, being an OC wasn't... in the future. That wasn't part of this conversation at all. And I guess you could say, well, he trained pretty directly with this guy that everyone wants, so at least he got to like see a model of what a good offensive coordinator would be for the Lions, but he is not Ben Johnson. No, he's not. So we've got a search committee here in Washington with Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson, David Blitzer, Bob Myers, Rick Spielman, and the commanders are, are doing this rapid process, but they're also making sure that they're going to get it right. They, I mean, Ron Rivera got fired Monday morning. We've interviewed like eight or nine people. It's Thursday. Yeah. Things are moving quickly here. Now, they might have a guy in place, and then you can't hire them until that team loses their postseason Right, game. so it might be a second before we get Peters. Absolutely. And then after that, then we have to wait for him to decide the next head coach, and then we'll wait for the NFL draft to find who the quarterback of the future is for the Washington Commanders. If you want to chime in, the phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. It's AWOD and Stubb, and there's some extra juice, some extra energy in the building this week because of the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We're talking Playoffs! Playoffs! We're talking playoffs on the fan, and joining us right now is the traffic reporter for 910 The Fan, 
Brian of Brian's Picks. What's going Hello, on, Brian? How are you? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. I love this jacket you're wearing. You're a company man. Well, this is a uh, Brett Pamacala original, and you know who that is. Yeah. Great sales manager. I love how the, the Odyssey yeah, is right. on the shirt. You represent the company very I well. I do. I do. Yes. He's got like a like a reverse McFly going on. He does have a, a reverse <laughs> McFly going on here. And, uh, of course, uh, weather has not been good, but uh, you haven't had any trouble with your traffic reports? Uh, no trouble with the traffic reports. We've had a few hiccups with the uh, traffic directing. Really? Uh, yeah, there are a few issues, you know, with the storm, but we we made it through it. Yeah. You know, Rob Hoffman was telling me that the emergency system was going off a ton uh, before the pregame show for VCU at Mason. Rob Hoffman is the uh, is the official uh, ruler of the world. You knew that, right? Yeah, yes, yes. And, and he's the actually VCU producer. <laughs> he's actually our know. Odyssey NFL confidence <laughs> pool returning champion. Oh. Uh-huh. And we're bringing it back this year. And uh, Brian of Brian's Picks. Now explain how we did this bit during the season, Brian. All right, so I've been picking these games for longer than you've been alive, just at home on a sheet of paper. Yep. You know, very old school. Very old school. Usually about ten minutes after kickoff on Sundays, believe it or not. And uh, we went through the season. I actually finished the season. I think I finished overall, not just my picks, but overall with um, you know, all of my picks each week. Right. I don't know, a hundred some games over five hundred. So I, I love that. With a pretty yeah. good record. And, and that's why we do good. this bit because look, there are sports gambling hosts around the country, around the globe that claim they know what they're talking about. Most of them. I've only been sports gambling for three or four years since it became legal. Brian just told us he's been picking games for 40 years. I have been. Just about. That's an expert right there. That's a savant. Back when they only played games two days a week, that's how long it's been. (laughs) (laughs) Now they play it every day. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Thursday night football, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday long night before football. There was, Got long before there was there. ever a Peacock as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a Peacock subscription? Uh, negative. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look at you and view you as a, a large Peacock subscriber. No, there's no Mets on the Peacock no. So until that happens. No. Yeah, I, I was claiming yesterday that I had the largest Peacock, and then I, I went home and I suspected my, my Peacock, and it's actually a Medium tier. There's okay. a there's a premium tier peacock. There's a larger peacock in Richmond. I should have known. Hey man, it's all right. Yeah. So I, I'll have to watch the game with commercials. Well, we'll reserve the uh, the supreme peacock for uh, Kurt Autry over at NBC Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> all right, it's Brian from Brian's Picks here on the fan to give out some picks. Oh, we got okay. Well, it's a big weekend. Yes. So my first pick, Houston. Over Cleveland. That's okay. Probably a pretty easy pick, right? No, we no. actually are on the other side of that pick. So explain oh. to us. Why are you in on the Texans? Uh, you know what? I'm in on the Texans because it's a home game. Yeah. I, I don't have I have no better reason than that. Uh, I, I like his reasoning. Usually I, I, it's he, like, he, oh, I like the color. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the Browns are orange. I'm not picking them. Yeah. All right. As much as I wanted to pick in five degree weather, uh, Kansas City to lose. Yeah. Because Miami apparently is like 0 for 14 in the last games under 40 degrees. I did pick the Chiefs. Okay. But I'm tempted because, as I've said before, all these losing streaks are meant to end at some point. So it could happen Saturday night. You never know. The South Beacher is going into 10-degree weather. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But I'm picking the Chiefs for that one. Mahomes probably be the man in the cold weather. I won't argue with you there. Okay. And then, a, okay. That's going to be a snow game, right? <laughs> I, I think it's projected to be a snow game. I don't know, it's probably too cold to snow at, you know, 5 degrees. Oh. I'm not sure. 
Oh. Uh, the snow game in Buffalo, I'm picking the Bills to beat Pittsburgh. How about this, though? I am all in on Pittsburgh to cover the 10-point spread. Do you think okay. the Steelers can keep it close, Brian? I think they probably can, yeah. yeah. Especially if weather's a factor. Don't they run the ball more when they're when there's bad weather? Yeah. yeah. So that usually leads to it's not going to be you know, 48 to you know, 43 or anything like that, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Right? So you've got Buffalo. I've got Buffalo. Uh, and then I've got the Cowboys beating the Pack down at AT&T Stadium. Uh, I've got the Rams beating Detroit. That's our upset pick of the week. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I think it comes down to the battle of the quarterbacks here and uh, the head coaches. You know, Dan Campbell's a rah-rah guy, and Jared Goff has had uh, an incredible season. But Sean McVay's a, a boy genius, and Matthew Stafford's a Super Bowl champion. I'm going with the Rams. Okay. All right. You know what? Here's the thing about Detroit, like I've said before. Yeah. You know, I really do like them, and they proved themselves after the little losing streak they had midway through uh, December. Mm-hmm. But I don't know; it's their first trip to the playoffs since the '90s or something crazy like that. Right. So I just I, I, one more year for them, and then they'll be well on their way. And I'm picking the Eagles to win on Monday night down in Central Florida. Yeah, I mean, I like these picks. I like I like these picks. Yeah, I, for I, me, I like the picks. Yeah. It's like I, I like the stock. I, I, think, I, like you know, the I, I think it's playoffs. It could go either way. It's hard to hard to say he's wrong. Yeah. So Brian, you've been joining us throughout the season, giving out picks. I, I believe you went thirteen and one one week. I did. Yeah. And actually, I did a thirteen and three. I think the last week of December, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, it was. So. so you've been, you know, getting better. You've been getting hotter. Now we just need you to hit all six. Man, wouldn't that be something 6-0? I could right. actually claim a perfect week. That would be great. Yeah. Now, I mentioned we're doing the Odyssey NFL confidence pool. Which of these games and the picks are you most confident in? Um, I am probably most confident in that Buffalo game. Yeah. I'm most confident in that one. I mean, they, we, haven't they been trying to write the Bills off since, like, last offseason? Oh, oh, yeah. They're not as good. They're not this. They're not that. Well, there was the argument at the end of the game between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. And Diggs oh. kind of, like... Uh, kept it going in the locker room, and there was some thought that he would be gone in the offseason. Then there was that weird story, Stubb, you remember, where the reports were that Stefan Diggs was upset that he wasn't also on the cover of Madden alongside Josh Allen. (laughs) Um, Well, there was uh, the most recent thing with the Bills was that the the, 9-11... Oh yeah, speech. They're oh, yeah. five and zero oh since then. Oh yeah, no, it's the most. Incre- I I don't know how their coach got away with this. He was he was explaining that the uh, the, 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 the team that the terrorists to had good teamwork, united as the terrorists on nine eleven. Yeah, like, and he and he's keeping like his job. Oh, that's an awful analogy. No, it really is. It's so bad. And he kept his game. How long ago was this? I missed the story. Five weeks ago. This was in 2019 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was old, but it 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 got got leaked five weeks. It got leaked, and they haven't lost the game since. Yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the proof that, that that Buffalo is an is an a, an afterthought. Yeah. If that had been the Giants or the Jets, it would have been front page news the second it was uttered. Yeah. <laughs> then, but five years later, we find out about it because it was said in Buffalo. Because it was said in <laughs> Buffalo. Absolutely. All right, Brian. How's uh, how are the roads looking? Uh, you know the roads are looking pretty good, except the other day when there was trees down all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. It was completely wild. It was, uh, I haven't, but uh, according to what I've seen on the weather forecast for next week, snow maybe on Tuesday. Yeah, we were talking about that. You know, they, they teased us this weekend. We were told snow Saturday afternoon and into Sunday didn't come. I didn't believe it. Yeah, you didn't. Didn't it? It didn't even rain, right? Because the rain didn't start till Monday, right? I don't, uh, I don't no, know. No, it did. It rained on Saturday. It okay. rained pretty hard. Yeah, okay. But no, uh, no snow. Wasn't no cold snow. enough. Yeah. I, I want snow. 
Okay. I'm bu- I'm buying in on this one. You have yeah. a, I think you we're have a four-wheel week. vehicle to get into the office? Well, I mean, I've got a Honda SUV. Oh, well, it can well. get me from place to place. I'm not okay. afraid to... Uh, Grab an Uber XL to get me around, <laughs> you know? You know, that's not a bad, pl- bad plan, actually. Yeah. I never even thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I can work from home, though, see? I'm privileged. Yeah. yeah hey, Brian, can, let, me, let me ask you a question here. We discussed this on, on the air yesterday. It's a little non-sports here, but no, while I was up in Northern Virginia with my mom, okay. had incredible Chinese food and brought me to this epiphany. I think Chinese food is much better in Northern Virginia than it is in Richmond. You've spent several... You know, nights in Northern Virginia, I know you like to go to Tyson's Corner, Fair yeah, Oaks, sure. and all that yep. stuff. Would you say the Chinese food's better in Northern Virginia? Well, I've never tried Chinese food in Northern Virginia. Here's what I have tried. I have tried a place called Legal Seafood. and <laughs> That's not even close to Chinese food. <laughs> That's what? not. It's what? not. Wait, what? Wait, li- like legal? Like <laughs> as opposed to illegal seafood? <laughs> it's... uh. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. You mentioned yesterday that you mentioned something, I forget what it was, that it was so good, but it's probably, probably because you were just hungry. Yeah. I think that was the case with me with this seafood with that the day seafood. up there. It's I was like all, so hungry. It's all you can think about. We're talking <laughs> Chinese food, and you're thinking about the legal seafood. Uh, I have never had Chinese food in Northern Virginia. Really? Never. What's your favorite spot in Richmond? Um, you know, I heard Stubb mention his mom likes the P.F. Chang's. That's probably where you get the best, uh, the best cooked food. The best bang for your buck Chinese food is, believe it or not, the Publix Hot Bar. That's really good. <laughs> you know what? Grocery store Chinese food does go pretty. It's, really? it's pretty good. They give you a ton of food. Yeah. There was a uh, not a, a Martin's where I used to grow up, and I would get they just fill up those styrofoam boxes. Oh yeah. Just stuff it full. The thing is, as like I've done bucks. that at, at Whole Foods, but then you weigh it. And then all of a sudden, it's no, like you spent twenty six bucks on a no, meal. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's there, too there, much. There's a guy behind the counter that scoops it up. Yeah. Well, I, when you go in Whole Foods, they have a little loan office right in the front. Yeah. So that before you leave, you have to <laughs> hopefully get a good interest rate. <laughs> All right, Brian, before we let you go here, one more time, read off your picks for the audience. Members of the AWOD Army listening, here's Brian of Brian's Picks. Uh, Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, the Cowgirls, the Rams, and the Eagles. And the Eagles. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.